the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I told someone once that humbleness is a required necessity for a Christian. Their response? Oh, I've been humiliated. I've got that in abundance. That's not what we're talking about today. From Valley Bible Church in Hercules, welcome to our Friday broadcast of Truth For Today. We have a look at a message called Humble Yourself Under God. And no, we're not talking about humiliation, something totally different. This is a contriteness before God, understanding His greatness and our desperate need for Him. It's all part of our Divine Conditions for Revival series. Won't you join us? From Valley Bible Church in Hercules, let's catch up with Pastor Phil Howard for today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Pride is being your own God. I consult no one. I need no one. No one is better than I. I am wrapped up. The smallest gift you can ever have is to be wrapped up in yourself. And this is pride. And it lurks as a prowling beast to seize all of us because we all have our moments when pride has won the day. None of us are immune. None of us are immune. All of us have to learn the opposite. Uh, Listen to some manifestations of pride that Stuart compiled. I'll just lift out some. One, complaining against or passing judgment on God. God, why did you do this? Why did you let this happen? Oh, wait. Are you God's counselor? Who made you God's counselor? I thought God was in charge. Well, he is until he rubs me. Until the plan goes in a way I don't like. Oh, okay. Uh, A lack of gratitude. Not thankful. Uh, Things could be better if I was managing my life. Anger. A proud person is often an angry person. And believe me, I've fought it all my life. Uh, Anger. And uh, it can grab you in a moment. Uh, Usually we become angry because our own rights have been violated. Seeing yourself as better than others. That's easy. Inflated views of your own importance and your own gifts. Uh, Perfectionism. People who strive for everything to be perfect are critical of everybody that's imperfect. It's just not good enough. This destroys a lot of marriages. The other mate cannot ever please the perfectionist mate. Just can never be good enough. You finally quit wanting to even try to please them. Because how can you please perfection? Uh, Talking too much about yourself. Proud people, you know, have no time to listen to you. Because why should they listen to inferior conversation? Seek independence or control. They want control. They want to... Because when you're the wisest person in the room, who ought to be in charge? Being consumed with what others think. 
very concerned about public image, become unteachable. Uh, a lot of times a lack of service. Proud people are, uh, uh, when you can't do it perfectly, I won't do it at all, so we can't get them signed up because they won't dare sign up for anything that involves risk and they might fail. <laughs> so um, it's hard on them. A lot of times blame shifting, uh, failure to ask for forgiveness. I was right to start with. <laughs> so if I ever think I'm wrong, I'll ask for forgiveness. In 30 years, they've never asked. Voicing preferences and opinions about everything when not asked. Got an opinion about everything. Carol and I have a fight every time I drive. Pray for our marriage. <laughs> Being impatient and irritable with others. And you've lost the mindset of Christ that was meek and lowly and could take in people at all kinds of levels. Now listen to what, what he says about humility. Let's see. This is quick, but just some concepts. What, what does a humble person look like? Or, and he just gives these characteristics. One that is trusting God's character, no matter. Whatever God wants to do with me is fine, for I am a hell-deserving sinner, and anything be, better than hell is to do whatever God wants. God owes us nothing. God did not owe you salvation. God did not have to save you to be God. You've only been a liability ever since he saved you. He's got to overcome your moods, your temper, your sins, your faults. But he said, they're worth it to me. What have you added to God? He added you to his family, but we've added nothing to him. But, you know, you have children, they're wonderful. But it is a financial liability, and it takes about the rest of your life to raise them, be good to them, feed, clothe, counsel. Hey, love makes you beget what you sign up, I will be a part of. We've never graduated from being our, our girls' parents. Oh, man, glad they're out of the home. They are? They're there anytime they want to be. And they brought nine more back. <laughs> so it, it ain't over, honey. Um, and thank God, we're glad. It's just the damages that bother me. Um, humble people pray a lot. You know why? They're weak a lot. They're not just great saints. They're just great ain'ts. They ain't got any power. They ain't got any peace. They ain't going to make it. So they pray to the one that's not an ain't, but that can give you a can ability. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can through him. So I don't care what you think about praying. You figure it out. The ones that don't pray don't have a ministry. Because they're not operating on divine resources. A, a, a humble man is always overwhelmed with God's undeserved grace and goodness. They're immensely grateful that God wants them. Uh, thankful. Uh, you see yourself as being no better than others. Matter of fact, well, we'll get to that later. You're no better than others. And you admit that. Submissive and obedient. Uh, you'll, you'll be thankful for criticism or reproof to the extent that you'll weigh it to see if there's truth in it, that you are not above criticism. And boy, that's hard on leaders. But we're not. We're not. Uh, having a teachable spirit. 
Always seeking to build up others and not promote your ego. You're willing to serve and not be served. Repentance becomes a way of your life if you're humble. You're always having to ask God to forgive you and to change wrong thinking. It's, it's you not, I repented when I got saved. I've been repenting for 45 years. What about you? Always changing my mind. Get new information or have an attitude that pops up or a way I'm dealing with something. I've got to change. I've got to change my mind. I've got to confess my sin. Oh, my. I mean, this is ongoing. It's not, I've arrived. Let me tell you about it. No, let me tell you the process. Sign up for the life. And I don't know what God's going to want to change next week. Sometimes it kind of scares you. What do I have to change this week to be like Jesus? I'm kind of getting well like me the way I am. God says, that's the problem. You haven't become like my son yet. I'm not in love with your image of yourself. I want you to be in the image of my son. Wow. And I say, God, you've cut off enough. I will prune the branches so you may bear more fruit. And I've been trying to negotiate with him. I'll settle for less fruit if you'll quit cutting. And he says, I cut where I want. Do you want to be fruitful? You've got a master gardener who prunes. I'm just glad anything's left, aren't you? I I found an amazing thing. Humble people associate with people that are lower than them economically and socially because they value them. That's what God did. He humbled himself and became a man and became the lowest kind of a man. He became a slave. Why? He wanted to hang out with us. You got any uh, poor folks in your life? Now, we're not talking about your kids. You got any folks that, do you ever like just to hang out with the, the rowdies and those that don't have your kind of money? You know, you can't take vacations with poor people. You'd have to pay for everything. You don't go on vacation with folks that's got as much money as you. You pay yours, I'll pay mine. When you run with the poor, you might have to pick up the bill. If you run with the poor, you know there's a financial liability. Maybe that's what God wants you to do. Everybody wants to build a repertoire of higher-up friends except Jesus. He decided to run with you. When he found you, you were base, not noble, not great, just lost, hopeless, a pagan Gentile without hope and without Christ. Let me give you 12 suggestions. If you'd like to be humble, you're probably salivating to be humble. Wives, take notes on this and tell them to your husbands later. Twelve ways to humble ourselves. One, I've got five minutes. Routinely confess your sins to God. Confess your sins. Quit stuffing them. Quit defending them. Quit ignoring them. Confess them. Two, now it's going to be painful. Acknowledge your sins to others. You ought to be in my position where I sin often publicly and I have to apologize publicly. I don't get to sin too privately. 
I can't hardly go into a store around here and cuss without one of the members being there. I kind of, I just appraise every restaurant. I don't go around cussing, but you get the picture. What can I do? I don't have to apologize to everybody. I tell you, who's the hardest person to confess your sin to? Those closest to you. Your children. I was always afraid my children wouldn't want to be around me when they became young adults because they had to live with all my flaws as a father. And the one thing I determined, since I could not be perfect, I would practice asking their forgiveness, and I did it a lot. I've done 95% of the asking for forgiveness in my marriage and with my kids because I didn't want them to spit out Christ because they lived with a hypocritical father. So I tell you, even a church, every chance I could tell you, I'm weak, I'm dependent, and I'm fallible all the way to my socks. I'd rather do that than to build a following around an idol. I'm a weak man that God chooses to use. I want you to know that. I've tried to say it for 35 years. I say it again. If you want a hot shot and a prima donna and a star, you'll you'll be bored with me because I want to try to get you to Jesus. I will not promote myself if I can help it. Three, take wrong patiently. I've got verses for 1 Peter 3, 8 says this. Can you be wrong patiently? There's people I've seen in this church wrong. They've been wrong racially. They've been wronged economically. They've been wronged because of their gender. They've been wronged by their parents, wronged by their mate. I've seen people go through divorces. Kids go through their parents, abandoning them. I admire you. All the grace God has had to give you. Actively submit to authority, the good and the bad. Oh, oh, oh. All kinds of authority. All authority is not good. Caesar might be on the throne, but the church was told to submit to him. Is that right? Has anyone ever read Romans 13? Bush wasn't on the throne in Romans 13. Nero was that killed the man that wrote the book that said to do it. The man that would kill him, he says, submit to him. Submission is an ingredient that if you cannot rank yourself under it, if you're always critical of authority and you chafe under it, you're not humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God and you'll go no further than that. It's your business to make those you're under succeed under God, whether you're foreman, your president, your governor, or even your elders. You don't have to be infallible to lead. And that's said in 1 Peter 2.18. Receive correction and feedback from others graciously. And uh, uh, you don't have to take all the advice. Some of it is crazier than yours. We don't, we don't respond or try to even read unsigned letters. People who don't have courage, uh, we don't do that. Uh, except a lowly place. If you go to some place, Jesus said, 
When you go in and the seating hasn't been determined, pick the lowest place. You know what? It's one of the reasons uh, years ago I used to always sit on the platform. You know, that's convenient just to move up here. But uh, we made a decision when we're in family life, uh, different places. I'll just sit here on the front row. Uh, and that's fine. Um, we are pastors. There's nothing wrong if we sit up here. It makes it convenient, all like that. But I like being a part of the congregation. And I worship a lot better not looking at you during the worship. I see everybody. So I, I just love not seeing your face. At least you can... Uh, at least you're putting on pretty good. You look like you're listening. That's why those who laugh, I know, are awake. That's always a blessing. But uh, uh, at least don't always be promoting yourself. Find, find the lowest place, or, or at least don't seek the front of the line. Uh, associate with people of lower state. Said that. Choose to serve others. Be quick to forgive. Ten, cultivate a grateful heart. And here's one. If you want to be humble, plan to speak good of others. Learn to say, do not use others to trash talk. Because when we trash talk others, it's a, many times a backhanded way of promoting our superior insight and wisdom. So while we put them down, we go up. So... Uh, Talking about people never helps them. Talking to them can help them. If there's a real fault, a real issue, talk to them, but don't talk about them in a negative way. Treat pride as a condition that says, I must die to myself. And just know that we're beset with it, and yet all the way through history, God's attention is gotten and revival has come national deliverance all the way through Chronicles. And every time there's been a great move of God in history, the people admitted we're lukewarm, we're cold, we're needy, uh, we need more than what we're experiencing. Uh, we we're just have become formal, nominal Christians. We put in an hour or said, uh, Jesus has lost his loveliness. Prayer has lost its luster. The Bible has become sealed. We're in a drift, a drift, a drift, a drift, a drift. And all of a sudden, it's like someone going to sleep in the snow. It gets so cold that sleep seems to be the rescue, but they sleep the sleep of death. And what God does in history, he whets the appetite of his people. What would God do that he has not done for us or that he may be wanting to do, and he wants us to go through the season of humbling ourselves. Going low. Not taking the Rehoboam out of, well, we've got buildings. We've got property. You'd be amazed at what the bank appraises our property and different things. We're amazed from Holy Ghost Hall to having anything that's worth over a million dollars. Why? Because our strength was not in our bank accounts or our net worth. It was our God. Our God. That's what we want. 
We're not trying to be wealthy landowners. We built these places so we can have children all we want. We can meet all we want. We can pray all right if we want. No landlord. Just pay the mortgage and we can pray and have church all we want. That's all we wanted. Not to impress anybody. You want to get God's attention in your life? Examine your heart. I see many believers, and sometimes I've seen preachers afflicted. We're very prone to this epidemic of pride. It could sweep over you in an incident, and all of a sudden, God's dealing with a self-reliant. It's concealed. We know how to conceal it. Search my heart, O God, and see if there be any wicked way. We, We love praise. I love a good word. But I must not be addicted to praise of myself or it will destroy me. And believe me, God knows how to take away favor and put me in seasons that I walk alone. And my vindication has to be from him. For there have been times I, you don't know what I've been through in denominational settings and different how I got here. Because I love favor. I love God's people. I love preachers. And all of a sudden, I'm out of a denomination. No one but me had a dance hall. And my whole fraternity of all my life went up in smoke. God, when I got saved, I don't want to sin in pride here by talking too much about But when I got saved, the loneliness of being saved at a Walter T. Helms in Richmond High, there was nobody I knew I could run with that didn't want to sin. So I had to walk alone. But Jesus said in John 14, when their hearts were breaking, that he was leaving. He said, I will not leave you alone. I will send another comforter that he may be with you forever. And I've always had the Spirit. And I've always had Jesus. And I found out he's enough. I read this to you and I close. Jesus wants to revive you. Jesus wants to give you rest. That's why I invited you to come take his yoke. Jesus only can become your bread. Jesus only can become your deliverer. Jesus only can become your hope. Jesus only can satisfy your soul. Come to him, the humblest man in history, who went low enough to die a criminal's death to save you. To create a whole family of people that take on his attitude, his rest, his meekness. Oh, to be like Jesus. All I ask is to be like him. And I pray that this church will never have him visit us. I'm considering doing the seven churches of Asia Minor. That we may x-ray this church under his lens. Which one are we? Seven conditions that I think represent church life throughout its history, can we examine ourselves and say, I would repent if I was wrong. I would return if I've gone away. Where's that fervor? Where's that burning? Where's that? We used to sing a song. I get so thrilled with Jesus every moment of the day. I get so thrilled with Jesus. He's the truth, the life, the way. I get so thrilled with Jesus. He satisfies my longing soul. 
I get so thrilled with Jesus. Does he satisfy you? Are you feeding on this world and you're in leisure, pleasure, and drift? And you need to humble yourself and say, revive me, Lord. Revive me. Take away destruction that would come from leisure and pride. We humble ourselves. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to his knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call. 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Prayerfully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855 855- 833-9864 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And that website, once again, truthfortodayradio.org. It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Phil Howard.